Hello, friends and folks, and welcome to the first ever Bald Gun Guy podcast. I'm Six Dabma from Scanline Media. Who's gonna Who's gonna blink first? You're gonna, gonna have, You're gonna actually have to be the host. I swear to God. Um, <laughs> I, no, I am being a host, but like I was just gonna let you introduce yourselves. You uh, can't do that with two other people here. I mean, I do it every week, but that's fine. Uh, I'm joined by Ryan. I'm, that's wrong. I'm Mr. N- uh, Northam? North? Norfolk. <laughs> Norfolk. Oh, oh, Mr. Norfolk. We've been expecting Oh, no, I didn't recognize you. Oh. Yeah. It's, oh, no, it's, wow. It's, it's good to see you all again. Hello. Wow. Uh, how's the wife? Uh, I hear she won't let you drink after five. Yeah. See, I have this hat. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also joined by a random mechanic. Hi, Ty. Hello. Hello, uh, fellow mechanics. That, how, how's that airplane doing? Um, you disabled the ejector seat, right? It's good. Yo, of course. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Who, right. who would leave that thing on? That old cool. thing. Yeah. Cool. Oh, okay. mm. yeah. <laughs> I'm, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we will get there very soon. In fact. Yeah, uh, that, that was jarring, right? Like my, I had to do this like half second like loading time while my brain like ported in like the experiences, but they're all mapped to like a set of like spatial coordinates that was very weird actually like, jumping between those two just for like a reference i like had to load the whole thing yeah i just yeah. got to be myself it was much easier <laughs> <laughs> the benefits of being the host yeah uh we're here uh as as you may have gotten from the, the art and the title and and our various references we're here to talk about the hitman games we're yeah. here to hit men and hit on men hmm <laughs> Mm, okay, my my co-host my whole co-hosts aren't aren't backing me on that one, which is fair enough. Critical um, support, critical support. So we're we're going to be talking about the uh, the Hitman game, specifically starting with the sort of re- the 2016 reboot of Hitman, um, and we're going level by level. Every episode should, should will be its own level. We may you know we're we're not promising we won't make changes to the the format as we go, but this is the plan starting out, and this is our episode zero. Uh, sort of, you know, seeding the feed as the kids do and, and getting used to how the podcast feels and our dynamic. So we're going to talk about the sort of um, kind of nothing level, but there's still going to be plenty to talk about, the ICA training facility. It's actually a pair of levels, I guess. But. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll start out. We'll start off by talking about the uh, guided slash freeform training. Uh, this is the... Um, mission that is set in pretend Sydney, Australia on a plywood boat called the Night Thief um, with a bunch of uh, actors pretending to be uh, uh, various people attending the party of Calvin Ritter, the Sparrow, uh, a famous art thief who uh, who historically was killed by an ICA assassin. And now this assassination is recreated in an attempt to test uh, Agent 47, the freshly uh, commissioned Agent 47's proficiency. Uh, I think for pretty much, I, you know, let's let's back up a minute. Let's talk about our history with this series. Sure, Ryan, yours is probably the easiest. Uh, yeah, no, I haven't played the older Hitman games pre 2016 reboot. Um, played some, most of Hitman One, a little bit of two. 
Um, but this is mostly going to be a refresher for me for one. And then after that, it's going to be just all new stuff. So I haven't really played too much. Uh, haven't played three at all. Um, so this is going to be pretty much first playthrough for later stuff. So, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. You're in for a, a fun ride. Awesome. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Professor Ty, please explain your uh, your history. With yeah, the I'm, not, I'm not a professor. I, I'm an adjunct lecturer. There's a tremendous difference there. Um, I don't I don't have benefits or clout or um, a living wage. But, I mean, you're not you're not I a professor at your job. You're a professor here, and we don't pay anyone anything. That's great. Uh, quality. <laughs> Thank you, comrade. Um, yeah. So I also only started playing the series with uh, Hitman 2016. Um, I was. I've been vaguely aware of like the existence of Hitman. Uh, Agent Forty Seven is like this iconic character, right? Um, so I, I knew I, I was, you know, sort of aware of the aesthetic. And then he's yeah, the guy I mean, who, who this who this podcast people. is named after your understanding of the aesthetic, right? Yeah, he's the bald <laughs> gun guy, right? That's Hitman. Um, and mm-hmm. I, you know, you you presumably shoot people with the gun that's in the the glossy magazine ads, but never actually played it until twenty sixteen. I, I just checked my Steam. It looks like... So Steam is telling me I've put about 130 hours into it. Um, that actually feels a little low. Um, but I'll trust it. So yeah, I, I've played it a decent bit. Not in a while. I haven't... I mean, except for, like, you know, coming into this pod. Um, I've been on hiatus, you know, uh, from from the hitting of men. But, uh, um, lying low, yeah. you know, you, you do a bunch of hits and you draw a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of attention. And you gotta just you gotta go to ground for a little while. Let the let the heat die down. Yeah, you know, um, they hadn't called, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just vibing. But uh, Terry Norfolk is back. You're putting the hat back on. It's time. Uh, for my purposes, I had played. Uh, I played some of the original Codename Forty Seven, and I found it neat, but kind of incoherent. Uh, I played through uh, Hitman Two: Silent Assassin. Uh, primarily with a shotgun. That doesn't sound very silent. not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> uh, I did have one time where I got a silent assassin rating because I managed to clip through geometry and ended up on the roof of the building. Hell yeah. And just ran around shooting people with a silenced pistol. Well, that's how you know um, you're a professional. I mean. Right? I mean, breaking the laws of, of gravity is yeah. really a mark, of a, a mark of a pro. Um, I tried blunt money. I tried contracts. I had no idea what the hell was going on. Um, didn't try the other two, and then I was like, okay, this new Hitman 2016, this seems exciting. I got it on ground floor with Paris, and I was hooked, and I've been on board ever since. Can I ask, because you've had, you know, you just kind of outlined, you'd had this existing history with the prior games in the series. Like, Mm -hmm. what made you say, oh, this looks exciting? I mean, was it actually playing it? Um, Or, like, because I feel like, you know, if you're like, okay, I've played, you know, Bald Gun Guy games before right mm-hmm. you see another bald gun guy game like what would make it stand out it's like not immediately obvious to someone i mean uh, i liked the aesthetics of paris right like okay. watching it in a, a video i watched a giant bomb play through it and i looked looked at like the, the the visual presentation and i was like this is very striking but honestly for me the main thing was the episodic structure Right. I am a person who really likes talking about what I'm playing with friends and the structure of like one level every couple of months so that everyone's going to be playing and talking about the same thing seemed really ripe for like comparing your experiences and and talking to friends about it. And that seemed really great to me. Hey, I've 
This is gonna sound crazy, mm-hmm. but you should start a podcast. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't like podcasts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So I should. I feel like I should note here. So I got in on 2016 late, or I hit in 2016 late, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I played it all in as like a single unit of entertainment, right? Like one Fremion or whatever that company is, Fremion. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I, when Hitman 2 came out, I then played that episodically, right? Um, hmm. So it's sort of like the inverse of that. Um, I didn't understand i mean i like i could tell that it was originally an episodic game that they had this uh you know sales model and all that stuff but i didn't engage with it that way um Mm -hmm. which may or may not become relevant at some point in this or later episodes so i mean it it had its ups and downs i did really like the way it focused conversation but also like you had the equivalent of make a make a you know american anime reference it's like when uh in dragon ball z they finished the namek saga and they just started it over again that's kind of what it felt like when Colorado hit, and that was all you had to talk about for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, I don't know if I like this map very much. <laughs> um, but ICA training facility. First one, guided training and freeform training. Uh, Calvin Ritter the Sparrow. Terry Norfolk, not a target, but just, you know, just a one of the identifying features. Because I think this is a map that it serves very well as a as a tutorial, but... Uh, I think both of these maps suffer when you're trying to really get everything out of them because there are a lot of points where there's like kind of forced to be one route through the level, right? Yeah, I feel I feel this way more towards the second level than I do the first. Um, I actually really like the boat level a lot. Um, How many times did you choke that mechanic? <laughs> <laughs> a lot no i i did like the story stuff uh and then i was like okay time to do the escalation and then i loaded it into the map and i was like actually let's take a break because <laughs> i did not want to choke that mechanic again to its credit uh the game makes it pretty easy to beeline to the um sort of the boat crew costume because mm-hmm. it's just at the lower deck so once you find out where that is, it's pretty easy to just get going, but mm-hmm. you do have to choke out that mechanic every time. And also, if you're not doing the escalation, you can uh, pick the lock on the right side and go around, which is nice. Okay, yeah. Yeah, one of the th- one of the things I appreciate about the mission, it's similar to Paris in this way, um, although I feel like there's a lot less to ultimately like do with what I'm about to say. Um, but part of me kind of enjoys levels where they give you the like unique OP costume or disguise uh, mm. like right away. Um, like with Norfolk, you um, you can just coin them like in the starting area, bam, get it. Um, and then you have, you know, you essentially have the helmet costume, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because you access, you're, you're unique, no one's going to spot you, you can do everything. Um, obviously not the other like stories and challenges that require other disguises, but I kind of like when it's like, you know, you've played it once and you see, oh wait, this guy's important. Hey, he's pretty vulnerable here. You can just get it and then kind of have the freedom to explore the level at your own pace if you wanted to, um, Mm. and just kind of vibe. Um, it makes it like a really, it's really easy to set up like on a second run through the level. I found. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like, um, I feel like this level does a great job of just establishing what 
the focus of this reboot is like um so yeah on one hand it is one uh sort of focused on like stealth and espionage and stuff like that uh and then on the other it is um sort of these comedic bits like you can just dress up as norfolk and talk to the sparrow um and then you go into the the room and he can't like figure out his password and he's like sorry about this please please come back later um so it's it splits the difference between those two things really well in the way that sort of establishes that formula that i enjoyed Oh, there's also really like silly things about specifically I think the the way they construct the artifice of this level, right? Where it's supposed to be a yacht like like at at dock, but you know, on the water, right? And so there's like plywood on the ground that is painted blue because it's supposed to be the water. Right. And you can dump bodies into the water and they just land on the plywood. <laughs> but like no one will spot them because it's like, no, no, listen, we've trained the actors. They are to understand that the body is in the water and they can't see it. <laughs> it's just very dumb. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually. Um, so when I had played through this the first time, like, you're, you know, a few years ago when I, I got the game. Um, I didn't really pay attention to any of that. Like, I was aware they're like, oh, this is a reconstruction. It's trained, whatever. But I, I like, you know, mashing spacebar through anything that's not me running and shooting things or whatever. Um, mm. And this time, it really caught me um, how jarring, like, the framing is. Because, like, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, this is actors. And they're they're sort of, like, hamming up, right, as you, as you just called attention to. But, like, I'm not sure how that works, like, when you're just walking <laughs> around killing people. Yeah. Like, and then it gets me thinking, right? So, like, they're this, you know, you're, you're, I guess, in your, like, final or second-to-last trial for this very secretive organization, right? So I feel like there's one of two things going on. So they either have a full stable of actors, like, like you know, drilled uh, zero-security-risk actors that they just house in, like, their moon base or whatever, wherever the hell you are, right? And that they, they bring out these actors specifically for these trials, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because the or the other the other option would be like this is just the weirdest like you know casting call right like oh you know this might be my big break there I'm shooting out on location uh, they can't even tell us where it is like you know this might be it uh, mom you know gonna buy you a house what? you know like wh- how does this work right like well and also it, so when you do the story mission you have to take out the chef the chef already has bandages on him implying that this has already been done before and he already knows the drill so (laughs) and also one of the challenges like the challenges for this first one are are all pretty basic they're just sort of like here's the possibility space you can poison people you can distract people but like one of them is called one of them is for blowing up the target and it's called pay that stuntman a bonus yep uh, so I think there's a degree where they're like listen just don't think too hard about it we know it doesn't make sense (laughs) I guess yeah. I guess what I found odd though was that they even bothered to play with that. Like um even though the like as we're going to see like you know in this episode like later episodes right like the, the the silliness and the absurdity of this game is like at the forefront. I feel like other than this the framing like the, the sort of like larger narrative of Hitman is is played fairly straight. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like your, you know, 47's backstory and like the, the big bad guy, you know, no, no spoilers or whatever for four-year-old game, five-year-old game. But you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. played fairly straight. And so I found it sort of odd when the silliness like crept up into like that level of narrative. Um, yeah. It was jarring as someone who had kind of ignored the tutorial, got out of it and never looked back, but then played a lot of Hitman and Hitman 2, you know? Yeah. I have a lot more to say about this, but I'm going to wait until the second level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, how, how many times did y'all end up doing like the story specific? Or I guess not story, but like the the main... As opposed to like the uh, escalation, like how mm-hmm. how how many times did you all go through the the main mission? On this latest playthrough, maybe ten, because um, it's pretty fast. Yeah. Um, I did do the escalation all the way through, and and you know that's a whole just by the end of the escalation, the last step of the escalation, I did in like a minute and ten seconds. Yeah. Uh, you can get real fucking fast with that thing. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I also have have a have a history of of playing this level a fair bit. What about you, Ty? Um, you know, it's actually probably about the same. It felt like a little more, but I was doing, I was taking my time on mm. some of the 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 straight story runs. So yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't do as much this time just because I've played the tutorial mission before. I already mm-hmm. knew like most of the bits and like what you're able to do. I didn't really know about the basement portion. That was new to me. Um, mm. But aside from that, like the disguising as Norfolk, the exploding thing at the top of the boat, like that's all stuff that I'm already familiar with. So I didn't really end up doing the the main uh, story as much. Um, do we have anything to talk about in terms of that um, before we get I mean, into like the escalation? I think the only thing I want to mention is like as as we go through, these are all like. I played all of these levels before and I'm playing them now in Hitman three and I'm trying to keep an eye out for how they're different. And this is not different at all. Yeah. Right. Aside like mechanically, right. Where I think the main difference is going to be the blending in with the crowd. Yeah. Like the crowd blending. Um, but like the mirror thing basically doesn't really come up in this map and the camera doesn't work on anything. So, yeah. But yeah, you're right. The The crowd blending is a, is a big, big deal. Yeah, feels bigger in Paris, but we'll get there next episode. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Ty? Because I know you you talked about skipping uh, when you first played. So, what uh, is, did you have any like major takeaways playing it straight through this time? Not really. I mean, we'll we'll get into it, but I don't think at this point. Because um, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it really it felt it felt sort of like new. So I didn't have any like um, I didn't really have any like point of reference on it really like i i barely remember like doing actually doing this the first time when i was like blowing through it so i was just kind of like you know just sort of like putzing around playing only this level for the hitman i've played uh yeah in the last week so it was just like yeah i did i think this is the first time i did the helicopter exit um so there's also the boat and the car and for those one the camera just sort of pans away. And that happens with <laughs> yep. the helicopter too. Yes. But the helicopter one like pans <laughs> as up. though it is following yeah. a moving helicopter. It's so yes. Good. It's hilarious. It's very funny. <laughs> yeah, I remember that from the first time I played it. It's very good. Um I wanted to talk about the escalation stuff. 
Yeah. Um, I actually really, really like the escalation in in this this mission a lot. Uh, well, the... can you can you introduce the concept of an escalation? Because this is our you know this is new podcast this is our first time encountering yeah. an escalation. Yeah. So in Hitman, you have sort of two categories, at least at this point, um, of of things you can do with the levels. So one is your, like your main story missions and those have their own sort of possibilities so there'll be multiple story missions per level that you can go through uh, and then there'll be escalation missions which are unrelated to your sort of target in the story missions so it'll have a new target and then as you go through um this the stage has about five that you go through so each time you go through it it'll add a new sort of uh rule to to the escalation so for example from this one the first time you go through the escalation it is killing a police officer with a kitchen knife so you would go to the kitchen get the knife just kill the officer leave um and then after that i think they add security cameras so you're sort mm-hmm. of dodging the security cameras while doing that same thing of getting the the knife and taking out the officer third one um I think it's. Uh, I, they add, they add more targets, more and targets, start, and then yeah, and then yeah. they make it so that you like have to, that you have to delete if you get spotted by cameras. You have, have a to do, timer to delete right. footage. Yeah, 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 yeah. and they, yeah, they just keep layering on extra challenge. Uh, yeah, and I I liked it because I felt like the way it it added on the goals here uh, left a lot of room for just like improvisation like it was very easy for things to go wrong like for example you have to go to the kitchen to get the knife but then you also have to get a different disguise at some point so you're worrying about okay where do i get this disguise so i can take out this other target so then i can go back and get this target um and there's just a lot of room for error and i did end up finding myself in situations where i got caught and then had to find, work my way out of it and then go back to the target. Like, mm-hmm. I think um, the last one is a timed one. You have to do it under a certain time. But the one before that, it took me, like, 15 minutes to complete. And I was just, like, sweating bullets by the end of it. Because I was just like, okay, I I'm, I think I'm done. Uh, let me just <laughs> let me just get out of here. Like, it, this is messy as hell, but I, I, I did it. <laughs> um, and that was just a, like a really good feeling. And it made me like realize just like how like versatile and just how satisfying it is to, to pull stuff off in this game mm-hmm. um, in a ways that, you know, it's not it doesn't have to be like the, the most professional job. Um, even just when things go wrong, the game is a lot of fun. One of the interesting things that I feel like happens a lot with with escalations is the escalations are like often very targeted at like certain methods to beating them, right? And mm-hmm. that can sort of go one of two ways, where sometimes you beat a stage in an escalation, and it's like okay, and for this next run you can't use guns, and you're like okay, why would I use a gun? Or there are other times where it's like, and this time you can't be disguised as a chef, and you go fuck. <laughs> that, yeah, was that, was, that, that was my carry yeah <laughs> yeah yeah this one was really good at being like playful in that way i think mm-hmm. yeah i i enjoyed them up until the last one the timed 
I, I just don't enjoy like global timers like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. Hitman is a very, very like timing based game. Um, even like just the the base missions, right? Um, that's like a core mechanic. Is like, all right, hit, you know, get this uh, silent takedown like right as this guy's walking out of the room, so they don't notice. Whatever. Um, but the idea of just like a mission timer is not something that appeals to me. Um, in just like how my brain naturally wants to engage. Um, mm. with the type of game that this is. Uh, so I really didn't enjoy that last one. Um, uh, it was fine. I, I only enjoyed it because it, it let me, it, it focus, it let me focus on what the game would let me get away with, which was grabbing the costume, walking back outside and just sniping Norfolk from like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> two yards away and then going back on the boat. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. it worked for me there because it was just sort of like by that point you already had your strategy down and it was just yeah. asking you to do it faster. Um, but like the times where it's asking you to like do something quickly while you're still discovering how things work is just not enjoyable. Yeah, and like it, for me, it's the shenanigans that happen like as Ryan was describing, right? Like when it's really messy and things go wrong and you barely pull it off and you're sweating bullets. Um, mm-hmm. For me, that's like um, one of the like principal things on offer from a game like this um Mm -hmm. are those experiences so yeah like basically being like okay you kind of have to know what you're doing um and just execute like by the time i'm at that point in the game like i'm this isn't a game that i'm by default interested in like speed running or like soft speed running you know Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah yeah no i i feel you like like I'm, I'm not really gonna remember the speed run. I am gonna remember the time where I tried to take out the guy in the kitchen, uh, and somebody opened the door, and they were like, "Are you trying to get rid of a body?" <laughs> you know. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I am. I am gonna remember uh, trying to do the the next mission, and uh, like. I, I decided to do the final test. The final test of, the, of these two missions is the first one to have like a like stealth assassin suit only, and oh, yeah. uh, getting stuck like on a ledge, just <laughs> hanging out as like every if I moved in any pixel, I would be spotted by various guards just having conversations. It's just sort of hanging there like, well, <laughs> what now? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to jump um, the gun, but I have. Well, do do we want to move on to the final test? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the this is the next mission. Um, story wise, this is your uh, final test before you're approved as an ICA field agent. Uh, this is a target, uh, Jasper Knight, a U.S. chess master who's been spying for the Soviet Union. He's now in uh, Cuba, 1979, at an airbase. He's preparing to defect to the Soviet Union. Historically, Eric Soders, back when he was a field agent, killed him, and it was like a big triumph of his. And now Soders has said it to you as your final test because he wants you to fail because he's scared of you. Now, this is the thing I wanted to circle back to, right? Mm-hmm. So they build this up as like, oh, this is a famous mission. Uh, he even staffed it up more, so it's even harder for you, 47. But mm-hmm. I'm going to give you some tips. Uh, but then you go in and you do some like Looney Tune-ass bullshit <laughs> where you just like... You know, you 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 activate the ejector seat. You're like, hey, dude, you should get on this airplane. 
and you should pull on the ejection lever and then he just goes flying up and I'm like this is the thing that you built up as like 47 this is the ultimate challenge I'm like bro what <laughs> yeah well, it's also it's also like um in the in one of the cutscenes because I, I sort of slowed down and watched the cutscenes again as well when I was doing this um I think it's at the beginning it's like uh Soders and what's your your handler's name I forget uh Diana Diana Burnwood. Diana right um it's like oh he you know unconventional but you know that's good in this business or whatever you know um and so I guess like if it's if it's forty seven who's I guess has this established history coming into to the start of the game of like thinking outside the box and how he uh, kills people, right? Um, I find it interesting that it's like oh no Diana's the one who scoped out all right you're gonna you're gonna LARP as the mechanic um, and get the guy to to eject himself right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I thought that was sort of funny right? It was like wait like. Who, like, who's the one coming up with all of this stuff? Like, mm-hmm. Diana's the real mastermind here. Like, she's got some zany ideas, right? She's just trolling everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's obviously just, like, you know, um, if you think a little too much about, like, the whole mission concept and that they're guided, right, um, by your handler. But, like, yeah, like, she's she's got an eye for this stuff. Yeah. But there's also stuff where, like... Um, there are mission stories in this one. There are uh, four mission stories, and two of them, Diana doesn't set up a way for them to be lethal in the slightest. Fair, fair. Uh, she sets up the one where you get a bottle of vodka and give it to them, and it's just like, okay, you did the challenge. You gave them a bottle of vodka. Like, that's <laughs> great. Um, and then the other one where you're like, okay, you gave them slides so they can put it on a projector. Turning both of those lethal is in purely your initiative. Um, she apparently doesn't have any ideas where you trick Knight into electrocuting himself or uh, put rat poison in the vodka, I guess, and he doesn't taste that. It must be strong vodka. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess we do have to accept that in this it's setting. It's duty-free, so... That, yeah. yeah, 47 yeah. just knows how to do completely tasteless poisons. Yeah. You know what? One thing that really bothered me about this, uh, were you all tripped up by the fact that, like, the 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 guards that they couldn't go upstairs but the uh engineers could and also that one of the one of the things like one of the the mission story for the vodka specifically says that the KGB officer who never goes downstairs asked security to get him vodka you yep. can't deliver it to him so yeah i i may be making a mistake here um when I, because I, 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 you know, I've, I've played the, these missions so many times, but I believe I did the vodka, uh, like story when I was also doing a genocide run, and so I don't actually think the KGB guy was alive. So I think <laughs> at that point there was like maybe like an a stray mechanic running around or something, but like there was a mechanic and the knight were the only two people alive, on the map besides myself <laughs> at that time, and I go in, move the piece. And, like, do that story because Knight's pathing is really limited, like, during the alert phase. Um, or at least, like, when things go, I don't know what the, if there is a term, like, um, when, like, the alarm has been sounded, but it's no longer active, you're totally, you know, whatever. He just goes mm-hmm. back to doing the same thing and the story is still available. It doesn't cancel it out. And I found that hilarious. Like, there's no one to toast with because I think the, the the name of the little mission is something along the lines like to your help whatever yeah it's, um, it's two fallen comrades yeah two fallen comrades right yeah 
Um, there's not even anyone to toast with, but it still totally goes off. It's like, hell yeah. yeah. The AI in this mission feels broken. Yeah. Because I, I just go up in the engineer suit with the vodka. I place the vodka down on the table. Uh, I wait for somebody to like alert, like look the other way, and then I just put the rat poison in, and nobody suspects me. I'm like, what? Okay. And also, I mean, this is this is just uh, there's a degree of suspension of disbelief as far as just like the competence of 47 at things and the incompetence of other people, but the challenge being like Knight, this like legendary chess master, is staring at this chessboard and he doesn't know how rooks work. And you're just like, I'm going to move the rook. And you're like, whoa, I would have never thought of that. And his mind is blown. To be fair, I mean, they do play Knight as like a piece of shit. Sure, idiot. but he's supposed to be at least good at chess. <laughs> I, I like the, I, I sort of imagined like in that, that he's actually like, that this is somehow a scam too. That like, that this is like, he's just a con man, right? He's not actually mm. like very good at chess either somehow. Like mm-hmm. this is, this doesn't hold up, right? I'm not like saying this is like legitimate, but I just imagine him being like, he he's like, it's not just that he was a Soviet spy. It's also that he like is actually garbage at chess or whatever. And just mm. like found a way to cheat during his, uh, his, his ranked matches or whatever. Um, uh, cause yeah, it's, uh, he's just kind of a dangus. Yeah. Uh, I did like the line, um, where if you do the, like the vodka, like toast mission, uh, where Knight is just like, uh, they, they take a toast and he's like, what did you didn't toast to communism? And the guy's like, what do you Americans like toast to capitalism or some shit? Like <laughs> that part was good. So here's a here's a thing that is is kind of annoying to me. Just like a thing they set up and don't pay off. Uh, when they're establishing this mission, they're like, okay, well, this is a legendary job that Soders did, and you know, like you got it, you got to go above and beyond. And boy, wouldn't it be the ultimate piece of like sweet revenge if you did a better job than he did? Well, what did he do? you never told me (laughs) there's no point where you're like well this is what soders did so like i don't what maybe maybe what he did is he like he like sabotaged the ejector seat and had it fire him into a rocket launcher or something and then did a headshot (laughs) i don't know (laughs) you can't make this a competition if i don't get to see the other side of the competition that's really yeah it's a good it's just kind of, it falls flat. Also, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, I, I don't know why I'm drawn to the idea of like genocide runs on these missions so much, because <laughs> this is not how you're, you play the game, right? Um, there, This is the emptiest level, I think, of like mm, any yeah. of the Hitman or Hitman 2 levels. Like even with the uh, yeah. supposedly uh, additional uh, guards, the beefed up security yeah. and whatever, there's like no one there. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's just sort of striking how empty it is, actually. I think part of it is because a lot of these other levels have, like, you know, civilians and stuff around. And whatever there were civilians with with Hitman 2, they added the crowd mechanic, the crowd blending. And so they could turn any, like, oh, there are two people standing here. Now there are ten people standing here. Right. And there's just no opportunity to do something like that here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and plus, it makes the uh, escalation mission fucking terrible it's a bad mission it's miserable so what i was saying before about the boat level and how it adds on to the sort of creativity of play in this game this is just the opposite this is just like do everything perfectly do it again do it with uh you know hide the bodies after a minute and a half 
and then do the do whatever the stuff you're already doing but do it more perfectly it is just miserable i hated doing these escalation missions because you're just doing the same thing over and over again just more refined each time and it's just it's just miserable <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like the one nice thing about we'll talk we'll talk later about you know escalations in in these future Hitman One ones where their approach to escalations I do think has kind of changed over time. They've gotten a little more like freeform and creative with them, mm-hmm. and so this is one of the earlier ones where they're less freeform, but they also don't have the thing where in every other level besides these two you can pick your loadout. So at least you have options there. Yep. Right. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I, I feel like, I mean, I probably don't have like a lot to say about it because we're specifically remarking on its absence. But again, uh, coming back to this level as someone who played like everything but this level, um, really, um, when I did it, you know, when I spent most of my time playing the game, um, it just didn't feel like a Hitman. They did, I mean, both of them didn't really feel like Hitman uh, mm-hmm. levels to me. Mechanically, of course, it's, I mean, it's the same game. Um, but without the the like internal progression system and without the and the, like and complementing that like without the the whole like loadout system um it just felt wrong to me it felt woefully incomplete it felt sort of like a demo you know where they were mm-hmm. still working out those systems um, i mean it was basically there. a demo yeah 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 i but i'm, I'm surprised for instance that they didn't tack on like the loadout system um, mm-hmm. onto the missions like once they once they got that you know out right um things like that yeah because it, it made it feel really static like extremely static because all of a sudden now like your options are entirely hemmed in uh by just like the you know the route as dictated by like the map and yep. the, the item locations right um yep. that's that's the whole like thing that makes the loadout like progression so enjoyable is new things open up and oh now i can just go here and do this and blah 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 right like that's that's the game question it's not here how many times did y'all forget the crowbar at the beginning Mm. oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it's in the worst place yeah. It and what I what I ended up doing for those escalation missions <laughs> is I I would go and trigger the conversation between the two mechanics, run back to get the crowbar, yep, exactly. because by the time I would get back, the conversation would be over and they'd be out yep. of there. Exactly. Yep. Miserable design. <laughs> well, here's another design, sort of a, lo- a question along those lines. Uh, did you have to look up, or were you able to figure out how to do the hammer time challenge? Uh, which one was that? The Hammer Time Challenge is the one where the description is just, like, brought to you by YouTube. It's fucking useless. <laughs> uh, this challenge was designed by Bongi and Tommy from Two Angry Gamers TV. Oh, and I'm like, no. okay, that doesn't tell me anything about how to fucking do it. Uh, <laughs> the Basically, it turns out it's just, like, you have to complete the level only ever equipping the hammer. You can't, you okay. can't equip the coin. You can't use any guns. You can't even hold a gun. I think you just have to go around with a hammer, whack people with hammers and then break some necks. Okay. I was wondering why there were like 15 hammers in the level. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, mess- I messed it up, but thankfully I messed it up early in the run where I was doing it. So I, w- I didn't rage. I just, I just hit like the wrong button by mistake, mm. um, which happens. Like, I feel like I'm still readjusting to Hitman's controls um, mm-hmm. coming back and playing it now after an absence of a couple years. Um, and I totally flipped that one. It was infuriating. I I 
did it. It's not that fun. Yeah, it's not that great. Um, I don't. I now now that you're. I don't know. We we talked a little bit about like the specific like layout of of the of this mission um, or the level. Um, part of me did. Okay, I'm just gonna ask it in the loaded form. Do you? So there's supposed to be like two routes into or two main routes into the level, right? There's the uh, the mechanic side, and then there's the other side where you go over the fence. Um, but they feel like like horribly, horribly like uh, imbalanced or like asymmetrical, right? So when I was I, doing my my silent assassin run, I went not the mechanic side, but if you're looking like at the level from start, I went right, cleared all the way around. I was wait, getting through. Yeah, yeah. That's ahead. even an option. Why would you do that? <laughs> Yeah, but it's a bad one. That's what I'm saying. So like you, you can you can get access to like everything up to like the roof, but then like the guard placement of if you want to drop down from the top level into the second level, right? Um, you can like clear all the way around the side and then all the way sort of back around up top to the mechanic side mm-hmm. on the roof. But then actually exploiting like that path that you've cleared, um, I feel like it, you still it's it was still much easier for me to just go back all the way around the mechanic side, go in there, go up the pipe. Yeah. Um, it was yeah. whack. Like and there's no way to transition, at least as far as I know, from the roof down to the like ledge, the ledge, you know, the one that I'm t- the by the bathroom where you, you probably use to complete the a lot of the missions, right? Mm-hmm. There's no there's no way to make use of that. Like, so you just do all this work and then, I mean, I'm sure you could use it. You just have to do some like coin jujitsu or whatever, but like, I just didn't feel like, try, like risking that. Mm-hmm. So I, on the, on the silent assassin run. So I just like went back, went like followed the path that I was supposed to follow and did yeah. it, you know, um, stuff like that feels really jank. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. To me. And that, that, uh, that route is super weird too, because so you have the mechanics and then they leave and then you coin the security person and then in front of the security person in front of the bush is the soldier so if you time your run right you just get the soldier off it immediately and then you're good yep mm-hmm. it's super weird you don't even need to uh you don't even need to coin the guard you can just go behind him yeah um, my 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 soon only stealth assassin when i left that guy alive and untouched yeah, and you could even uh, bring the uh, unconscious bodies, or dead bodies, I suppose, of the soldiers who are on that side. You could even bring them back, drop them through the window, right behind the security guard, and then put them in the box that's behind the security guard, and he doesn't notice. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's... Um, yeah. Oh, so, you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah. I should note, I, I, I am wrong about something. I talked about how this level was not affected, basically, by like Hitman 2 and 3. The bushes are so big. They are, they're big boys. They're big. The, these bushes are so big that on Xbox Series X, they pop in when you go near them. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I'm also on a Series X, but also I just, I was, listen, I was laser focused, man. It's game time. <laughs> this game looks perfect. Everything loads perfectly. Everything looks amazing. But these bushes got some pop in. <laughs> they're so big. I did. I, I'm playing on PC. I I didn't notice. Um, I mean, what can I say? I like a big bush. 
All right. So thanks for joining. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. Part of I think part of what has made us so critical of these is that like even for me who played these at launch, right? They were packaged with Paris, and Paris is such a fucking good level, and we're gonna get to that next episode. Yeah. I'm so excited. Uh, the, when I finished when I finished these two levels, I'm like. Jesus, I want to play Paris right now. Right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted, and not even just, like, for the level, but especially for the freedom. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted my I wanted my unlocks. I wanted to just feel like I was in the full game. And again, in a way that's, like, even in excess of just, like, the limitations, the scaled-down nature of these two, like, mini-levels. It wasn't even that. But, yeah, it was just, like, the missing systems. Um it feels very, very weird and and not great. Uh, stepping back uh, from from like the full game, but you know, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll we'll step back into the full game uh, next episode. Uh, anything else anybody wants to touch on? I think we're good. Uh, why does he have Batman vision? Uh, he's it's his hitman instincts. He's a super hitman. Do you not? Okay, do I need to get they into the call it, of They call it an they call it an unusual supernatural ability. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What? Yeah. So, Age of Forty Seven was a clone, right? He was a genetic okay. super soldier created at like a like in a remote Eastern European facility. Uh, this is all this is all hitman codename Forty Seven. Uh, so what you're course. telling me is. He's Master Chief. I'm saying he's like, what if Master Chief, but like he didn't need the suit to jerk him off. Okay. (laughs) He can jerk off in any suit. In any suit. Yo, (laughs) Norfolk, get over here. (laughs) I hate this. (laughs) Pull pull on that eject lever. Oh, boy. Take my chances. (laughs) All a right. real a real grease monkey. You know? <laughs> please stop talking. <laughs> I need some vodka, please. Uh, Ty, is there? This is the, this is our plug zone. Is there anything you want to promote or anything like that? Yeah, not so much. Um, I I'm streaming on a new channel, but uh, at the moment it's only content for like the uh, the lecture side of my class. So I don't think that's going to be too exciting. Um, so yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Balantishuva. Um, I do, I'm going to be streaming on Twitch, uh, very shortly for games, but that's not happening right now. So that's it. Thank you. All right. Uh, Ryan, what about you? You can follow me on Twitter at bluestrose 430 That's almost like the weed number. Uh, it's the Twin Peaks number. You wouldn't know about that because you haven't seen Twin Peaks. There's a fish in the percolator. <laughs> Tell me what four three zero is six. Tell me. Tell me. It's the Twin Peaks number. You just said it. Uh huh. No, uh-huh. no. But what, really, I don't. You should know this, Ryan. You I don't. To Twin I don't want to spoil twice. it for the people. Uh huh. Nice, nice. I'm not googling right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damn. Oh, Looks oh. like you need to go listen to the season three rewatch again. Yeah, it sounds like I need to go through uh, Twin Peaks rewatch one more time. <laughs> one more time. <laughs> one more rewatch. Uh, so if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at six Detmar, S I X D E T T M A R. If you want to find my work, scanlandmedia.com, patreon.com slash scanlandmedia. And uh, friends and folks, until next time, 
I don't have a pithy, you know, the blah, like this, you know, target down music. Blah. <laughs> see y'all in Paris? Yeah, see y'all in Paris. Amaro. <laughs> no, not allowed. <laughs> Listen, this is my one podcast. Please let me have this. <laughs>